Welcome to a modern nonprofit podcast powered by the charity CFO, your compass for creative solutions and running your nonprofit. I'm Tasha Anderson, your host and guide through this nonprofit maze. From fundraising to volunteer management, we've got your back. Join us each episode for fresh game-changing strategies that can make a real impact. Hey, nonprofit friends, we're back for another episode of a modern nonprofit podcast. Today, we're going to be talking with my new friend, Michelle Boggs. Michelle, you are the executive nonprofit investment, I'm sorry, industry advisor at Classy. So before we dive in, first and foremost, thank you for coming on and having some conversations with us about Giving Tuesday, uh, what nonprofits can do with that information, maybe some strategies to implement in future campaigns um, in all things fundraising. So Michelle, first and foremost, thank you for coming on um, and chatting with us today. Thanks, Tasha. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited about this conversation. I can't believe next week is Thanksgiving. I can't believe Giving Tuesday is right around the corner. Um, this really snuck up on me. So excited to be able to talk <laughs> through this today and hopefully give give listeners a few couple quick strategies and tactics they can implement to make it as, you know, as successful as possible. Yeah, you you have a great point. Thanksgiving, it's just I blinked a couple times and we went from spring <laughs> to Thanksgiving. So uh, here we are. So this is a timely conversation for everybody, um, you know, that's running a nonprofit and thinking about not just Giving Tuesday, but maybe their campaigns as a whole. I know for many of my clients, we're talking about 2024 budgeting, those that have a December year end, we're talking about year end campaigns as it relates to um, kind of rounding out the year. Um, so Giving Tuesday, I think really kind of is the first trigger point for that, I suppose. Um, Michelle, I know that, that Classy typically does an annual report every year and really highlights some trends and um, some just really good information and, and, you know, like I said, highlighting some key considerations that I think all nonprofit leaders, especially those in the fundraising space, are spending time on. I'm really curious to hear from you. What are some of the best practices that you are seeing nonprofits um, paying attention to or implementing or uh, focusing on either um, into 2023 or going into 2024. Yeah. And, you know, I should mention, I, I have this kind of funny title at Classy Executive Nonprofit Industry Advisor. Uh, before coming to Classy for almost the last 20 years, I was a frontline fundraiser myself. Um, so I've worn all of the hats that your listeners are um, wearing. I've done all of the things and was a classy customer twice. Mm -hmm. And when I was a classy customer, I really appreciated the reports that classy puts out every year. So we actually do a lot of um, research and findings and we, we share our data and we're excited with our joint partnership with GoFundMe for the first time. Our reports moving forward will feature some of that data from the hundreds of millions of folks giving oh, on the right. GoFundMe platform. So that'll be really interesting. But every year, Classy puts out two reports, the Why America Gives report, mm -hmm. really around intentions to give, donor expectations, donor sentiments, and then the state of modern philanthropy report, which talks about trends and things happening in the sectors to help nonprofits really stay abreast of forming the best strategies. So some of the things we're seeing in both of those reports, um, and I was mentioning this to you earlier, Tasha, your blog about Giving Tuesday and end of year giving really mirrors a lot of the strategies that we're recommending as well, which is great because the last thing you want as a nonprofit uh, leader is to hear a lot of different things. It's great to see alignment and cohesion around best practices and what we know works. So a couple things come to mind. First and foremost is, as early as you can start, the better. I mean, the organizations we see really pull off 
successful Giving Tuesday campaigns and end of year giving campaigns, really start that planning in the summer, if not even a little bit earlier. There's significant alignment between development goals, marketing goals, everybody's on the same page with the messaging, what success looks like, all of that good stuff. There's um, an appetite for testing and trying new things. You know, Giving Tuesday was actually down last year overall. And so if you do the same tactics and strategies you've always done, you, you're going to, you know, you have to expect the same results. So I think there has to be um, uh, an interest and a willingness to get creative, to test, to try new things. I think a lot of your messaging needs to be segmented. Not every donor or prospect uh, should receive the same type of messaging. So the more that you can segment and meet donors where they are is really important. And then specifically with starting early, mm. Classy saw last year about 60% more was raised on the Monday before Giving Tuesday last year as it compared to the previous Monday. So the sooner that you can start asking and um, you know, unveiling that opportunity to your supporter base and your prospects, yeah. there is a huge likelihood that they're gonna give even earlier. So creating that urgency. We also saw three times more transactions on that Monday than the previous year. So starting really early um, is important and then you mentioned this in your blog as well. I think utilizing technology, making sure that when it is time for that donor to give, they've been inspired, they have that sense of generosity, they've received your appeal or your ask, making sure that that giving experience is super modern, seamless, easy. It has to be on par, Tasha, with like the normal transaction commerce experiences I have on any given day, right? So think about like ordering a Starbucks drink. It's easy, right. it's personalized, they know what I like, it's intuitive, it's modern. If someone goes to give on your website or wherever they're finding you and your donation form is really long and they have to fill out a bunch of fields and they finally get to the bottom and the only payment you'll take is a credit card, yeah. And maybe their credit card is in another purse in another part of their house or whatever it is, your conversion rates are going to plummet and folks are not going to give. So um, utilizing technology, making sure that giving experience is super easy. Um, and then I think a really important thing that um, we lose sight of a lot, two important things, involving your key stakeholders and your board. Don't assume that they know the importance of Giving Tuesday. Don't assume that they even know what it means or why it exists or how they can help and leverage their own network. So educate them, equip them with ways to evangelize on your behalf and tap their spheres of influence around the importance of Giving Tuesday. Do they know the goal that you're driving towards? All that. And then the last thing, it's really important now as we head into this to start thinking about follow-up plans with the donors who showed up for you on that day because we see such high churn rates in January. So if you don't have a plan in place, again, cohesion with your marketing teams, with your gift processing teams to make sure what does that follow-up look like? What does that stewardship and cultivation look like? How do we now take that first moment of generosity and that first gift and try to turn them into long-term supporters of your mission? You've got to start thinking about those plans now. Mm -hmm. So I hope some of that is helpful, but that's what we're seeing. Yeah, that's really helpful, Michelle. I think one of the things that really stuck out to me uh, that you mentioned is cultivating those donors after they give in such a large campaign like Giving Tuesday. And I work with 
a few hundred nonprofit organizations every month, ranging in size somewhere between, you know, half million to 10 million in size. And I will say, admittedly, I think a lot of nonprofit organizations that I've worked with in the past or have seen have taken a little bit of a passive approach to Giving Tuesday. Like, oh, you know, it's nice. Of course, we're going to throw a campaign out there. If I'm being honest, I question how much thought and intention goes into everything that you just described. And service level, I think it makes sense. Like, yeah, what are we going to raise a couple thousand dollars? But I think you bring up a really interesting point. Those few thousand dollars might represent 50 new donors to your nonprofit organization, right? And what does that mean? And how does that translate um, in the future? And what, what kind of giving could they give? So I'm curious, does that check out for you, Michelle? Do you feel like most nonprofits put in the time and energy that you're describing? Um, I, I don't know. Is that just Tasha's like off the wall impression? Does that does that check out? I, I feel like we should be paying more attention to Giving Tuesday than we probably are. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think it's like a mixed bag. I think some organizations totally get it. They're invested. They've got strong strategies. Everybody's on the same page. And, I, and then I think you've got organizations where they almost think of it as like this desperate plea or something like, oh, we don't need to do that. You know, we've already got a strong development shop or whatever it is. And I think a lot of that is um, the vision of the leader, right? Like if you've got a chief development officer that sees your strongest donation revenue strategy as major gifts, they may not invest in a strategy like Giving Tuesday. And then they've now set the tone for the entire team. Because a lot of times Giving Tuesday will sit within like an annual giving department or digital fundraising. But I think the more that you can, we can sort of break some of those misnomers. What you said is exactly what we're seeing at Classy is don't um, miss out on the power of Giving Tuesday as an acquisition strategy. So in that state of modern philanthropy report, we actually saw that nonprofits who participated in Giving Tuesday acquired 10 times more donors on that day and saw double the conversion rates um, compared to any other average day. So if you're struggling with donor acquisition, which most nonprofits are, um, donor count has dropped every year for over a decade, so it's becoming harder and harder to acquire and it's becoming more and more costly. Giving Tuesday is a great strategy to bring more, more new folks into your organization that maybe haven't given to you in the past, so opening you up to new audiences maybe you've not gone after. Another um, interesting piece of that tied to donor acquisition, on Classy's platform, we see a huge opportunity around peer-to-peer -peer fundraising in general, but especially on Giving Tuesday and end of year giving, people are like expecting to be asked this time of year, right? It's the season of gratitude. And so the idea of peer-to-peer -peer is that people give to people. And that's so right. true. People right. like to give to people. And the younger donors actually not only like to give to people, they're actually much more inspired to give to a certain cause mm -hmm. rather than organization specific. Mm -hmm. So I may be driven to give to um, transgendered youth. I'm not necessarily tied to an organization. I'm tied to that cause. Right. So peer-to-peer um, -peer is really powerful. On Classy's platform, 80% of individuals who've given to a peer-to-peer -peer campaign are brand new donors to that organization. So I mentioned Giving Tuesday is a great day for donor acquisition. But if you're not, you have to leverage the fact that people want to give to people, you'll see an even bigger increase in your donation amount. And it's this idea of like this network effect, 
People mm-hmm. want to be able to promote. I'm supporting X organization on Giving Tuesday. Mm-hmm. As a nonprofit, it's your job to make it easy for me to promote that I'm doing that, to promote it in a way that's meaningful to me, for it to be my own story. And where the magic happens is now the uh, uh, poss- the ability for me to share that with my network. So will you join me? Right. I'm raising money for X. I donated $25 on Giving Tuesday. Will you match me? Mm-hmm. And now I can ask my you know, people, my network of 50 or whatever it is, I can promote it on LinkedIn, I can put it on Facebook. So I think a lot of a lot of organizations um, don't realize it's such a strong acquisition day. And then it's also such a strong way to just galvanize peer to peer. The other thing I will mention that we see as a big opportunity around um, Giving Tuesday is recurring giving. Mm-hmm. So recurring giving, subscription giving, monthly giving, whatever you want to call it, Mm-hmm. is the most um, popular, fastest growing form of giving right now in the mm-hmm. sector. And I think it ties to this idea of like the subscription economy that we're living in. People are so comfortable signing up for that $6.99 a month or the $9.99 a month. Half of us don't even know what we're paying for every month, but it's like, that's eh, no skin off of our teeth. It's 10 bucks. Yeah. So um, the more that you can create those opportunities in your giving process of, would you like to become a monthly donor? Would you like to become a recurring donor? And I would advise what we see on Classy is like give flexibility in your payment amounts. Mm -hmm. A younger Gen Z person might only be able to give you $5 a month, but the fact that they want to do that every month, now you've really grown and you've got this like strong donor. And and this is revenue, Tasha, that you can count on. (laughs) It's sustainable. Like we know as in your CFO work. Yeah. Like it's so important. And so I would say donor acquisition um, recurring donations, peer to peer. If you're not bought into Giving Tuesday, a stat I always like to share is between Giving Tuesday and the last day of the year mm-hmm. on Classy's platform, we see over 30% of all of our revenue raised within that small window of time. Right. So if you aren't asking, you really should be. And Giving Tuesday is such it's just such a big day. If you're not taking advantage of it, I think you're really leaving revenue on the table. Yeah, like you said, donors, and I, so much is coming to my mind right now. And I'm, and I think I would, I guess my next question for you is just kind of backing up a little bit. Say people are listening to this conversation and they're thinking about donor acquisition, right? I can go on and on. I can have a whole separate conversation about that. Maybe I'll dive into that here in a minute. But I think um, so many nonprofit organizations are probably overwhelmed. You, you had mentioned earlier with the idea of development and marketing and some of the um, the online platforms used to track those donations. What recommendations do you have for somebody that maybe hasn't really dabbled in all this or really overwhelmed? Like, Michelle, I buy into what you're saying. I love that idea. I'm just a fundraising person in addition to the volunteer manager in addition to all of these things. Any like just general tips or resources that, hey, this is this is kind of an introductory point into really starting to build a robust Giving Tuesday or really fill in the blank, any sort of donor acquisition campaign, whether it's, you know, a virtual campaign on Facebook or, you know, any sort of ads or anything that you might be doing like that so that you can open that door to um, do some of that network fundraising that you talked about, getting your board involved and asking for those gifts. Um, I'm assuming Classy has something on their platform. Say somebody who's brand new to this knows nothing about kind of marketing and and, and building what would be maybe the, the first step? 
Yeah. And I, I really appreciate you saying that because when I speak and talk about all of this stuff, I always try to like remind myself of like, you know, everyone's starting from a different point, right? Like, and I try not to always share case studies or success stories from organizations that have been around for a hundred right. years and are raising $600 million a year. Yeah. Like I think I saw a statistic, 80% of the 1.8 million nonprofits in the United States have an operating budget of less than $500,000 a year. Yeah. So like yeah. how, you know, how do you take that first step? I think a couple things come to mind and, and I hope this isn't like too simplistic in nature, but some of the aha moments I had is when you flip the script and you put yourself in the position of your donor. Mm -hmm. So take your team through that journey of what is it like to give to our organization? Mm -hmm. Is it, painful? Is it enjoyable? Um, what roadblocks am I coming up against? Um, is the communication clear? Does the communication resonate with me? Is there powerful storytelling? Is it captivating my interest? Or does it seem like another, even, even giving Tuesday, I saw this interesting thing on LinkedIn. Um, I'll have to like source this to the right person, but they basically talked about, even if you just put in the subject line of the email, it's giving Tuesday, people even that like term is almost lost on people you have to like really bring it back to your mission and why you exist and giving tuesday is just the vehicle in the day but not making it about that if that makes sense so even yeah. something as simple as that so i would first recommend like go through that do you know what it's like to give to your organization and then on to take it a step further think about all the organizations that you give to personally do you appreciate how you're being stewarded and communicated with and cultivated? Most people would probably say, no, there's room for improvement. Right. So also take a look at that donor journey, like sit down with your team and say, okay, you give a gift online of $25. What happens next? Right. And go through that path. And you're going to see so many amazing ways of little tweaks and things that you can do to just really make that experience so much better. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it goes back to this idea of like the most beloved for-profit brands. It's because they personalize that journey with their brand. They make it all about the consumer. And so the more that we can make it all about the donor, the more that they're going to feel that affinity and connection to our organization. So I would start there of like, how is it to give to us? What happens after you give and where can we make improvements? And I think just those even simple things would be could be pretty eye-opening and then i can't say enough like when you do try something make sure that you're debriefing and saying in a very like vulnerable and honest way like this worked this didn't how can we improve i mean i was very much um guilty of this where you just move on to the next thing and yeah. you didn't take the time to say was that a valuable use of donor dollars did we see the roi what would we change um those are all kind of really simple things, but I just, we don't do them because we're so busy and we're just, yeah. it's like, you know, we're living in this like perma crisis. Um, and so I think even in the last year or two, some of that intentional discipline has really gone by the wayside because it's like just dealing with the next thing coming at you. You know, I, I'm, I like to measure things because I'm an accountant. That's what I do. And I think <laughs> one of the things that really stands out to me, not just with giving Tuesday, but basically every special event that I've kind of participated in, or at least that I've 
observed and I don't have all the visibility, so I can't say in every situation, but more often than not, and frankly, even when I worked for a nonprofit as well, we would have these events where these new donors are coming, people that have never really been introduced to the organization before, they make some sort of gift. So when you were speaking about like planning and debriefing or planning for that debrief and what to make of that kind of feedback loop, I think about the data too. So how many of these individuals that gave are new donors, right? Why did they give? How are we going to thank them or contact them? Or for me, as a business owner, whenever I get a referral or somebody reaches out, I always ask, how did you hear about us? What, you know, what, what made you call us over someone else? And hearing their response and then circling back with either thanking the person that originally connected them to the organization or at least kind of calling attention or, or collecting that information about, oh, it was from a peer-to-peer giving. Um, and I'm just, and I'd love to dive into that conversation at some point on how Classy helps nonprofit leaders kind of segment and make some sense out of some of that donor information uh, because I think donor acquisition is great. And I've seen where some organizations do a really great job with that. It's that donor retention. That's a bit of the problem because I don't, I think we're getting donors, but we're not doing anything with that data or we're not making use of like the strategies for which we've acquired those donors or cultivating those relationships because, well, they gave $5, they gave $25. Tasha, there's only so much time in the day to reach out to these individuals. Um, but I also think that's a missed opportunity uh, to really analyze who's giving in these kind of crowd fundraising um, campaigns and how do we continue to cultivate them going into um, the following year. Um, yeah, oh my gosh, it's so true. I'll just add to that because I've lived this at so many organizations and it ranges from like a huge peer-to-peer walk where you have thousands of people to maybe a more intimate gala where you've got 400 you know it's all about the power in that data and like are you synthesizing that data are you going through and looking to your point of like who's new to us how did they find us who can we thank how do we you know how do we get them involved in in our work quickly and create that urgency um there's so much opportunity there for sure and you just again you don't see it happen i myself have have attended as guests to different events and you don't hear anything from the organization and you think man i would have liked to have learned more but i'm certainly not going to chase you down so um again i think it goes back to my example before of like go through what it's like to attend your event you know what is the communication leading up to your event will i know what to expect do i feel like there's this is a really good use of my time. You know, the event is going to be meaningful. What does that follow-up look like? Is there a follow-up? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, again, it would be really eye-opening to put yourself in that person's shoes and see what sort of experience your organization is delivering. Absolutely. Um, back to donors and why they give. I mean, when you think about online platforms, and I, I know there's a lot of data coming out about Gen Z, and, and you kind of mentioned some of that in the report. Um, but I've also read, and I can't quote it, but it really, it really stuck out to me that millennials too, because I'm I'm technically a millennial, but also Gen Z, I'm sure is this case where younger donors, and I wish I could remember the report. It was probably one of the classier reports (laughs) that I often read when they do come out about why people give and not just, you know, not just for the cause and why they give. But, um, I read some report that it spoke to people give because they were asked to give. So kind of going back to involving either your staff or your existing donor base, or more importantly, your board, them specifically asking their network or their people to give. And it's been incredible to me when I see organizations that are doing this really well, 
with like thoughtful, just networking, asking people to give and how receptive, especially younger donors are to sure, I want to support your cause and how that translates into new donors, which then translates into recurring donors. And it's amazing the power of just that ask. I don't know if you all have seen that in your 2023 work or even in your 2022 report that came out last year. Yeah, it's so true. And, and it's what I said earlier. It's like this idea of people give to people. And I think um, what we're learning as now being a part of GoFundMe is like, you can't help but look at the success of a platform like GoFundMe, right? And I think some some organizations may see it as a competitor in this space, but we really see it as the two joint companies together really changing the world and being able to do so much for the social sector. But yeah. there are reasons why people give to GoFundMe. You know, some of them are obvious, some of them maybe not so obvious, but the person who organizes the campaign, it's it's typically always a very personal story, right? It's like an ask from the heart. It's powerful storytelling. It's authentic. It's raw. It's genuine. It's all those things. Um, there's any, you, you give any amount, you feel like it mattered. You mm-hmm. see immediate um, impact of your gift. Mm-hmm. And with GoFundMe, it's like you're getting asked often and you're getting timely updates of like, Tasha, thank you so much for giving yeah. to this family whose home burned down. They were able to, right. you know, be put up in a long-term, long-stay hotel, blah, blah, blah. Right. The kids were able to get school. So like all that stuff is like you feel yeah. the impact of your gift. You see it. Yeah. Um, and so there's so much we can learn from that. So I think, yes, the first is like asking, obviously, which sounds silly, but setting up that ask, where is that ask coming from? If you know it's younger people, they might be more willing to give to other younger people. So how are we setting up your existing younger donors again to do that peer-to-peer fundraising on your behalf within their networks, their colleagues, their family members, their friends? Are you tapped into social media? Are you leveraging LinkedIn has the highest conversion rates. Are you doing anything on LinkedIn? You know, are you exploring TikTok? Are you doing anything with Twitch? Like, where are you showing up? Are you taking a multi-channel approach in your asks? Mm-hmm. Um, we have actually seen some really exciting data points is folks that give to GoFundMe are actually more likely to give to a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. So it's this idea of givers give. So if I give to a meal train for someone who just had triplets, I'm probably also more likely to give to this nonprofit. So this idea of generosity. We've also seen that younger people, so Gen Zs and millennials, are more likely to make concessions to their budgeting to continue to support nonprofits more so than baby boomers. Mm. And so there is this idea of even though we're in a very uncertain economy and inflation and all of this, younger people are stepping up and are super generous and really engaged. Again, oftentimes it's around a cause rather than a specific organization. Um, I think another thing I would point out is, you know, it is this idea of like making every donor feel really important and, um, rather than it's like this idea of an everyday philanthropist. We've been talking a lot about at Classy is, making even those small donations, making those folks feel really important for what they've done, because then we know that's where retention can become really strong. And if you get them engaged young, as they come into more wealth and more capacity, you're sort of building your bench of potential major gift donors. Because as a sector, we have relied so heavily on major gift donors. I mean, that's been the main reason 
giving has grown, donor count has declined, but we've been able to offset it by some of these big windfall gifts. Right. But you have to build your base um, because the more that that erodes, I mean, you're not going to be able to sustain yourself. So it's really important to sort of tailor your message depending on where that person is in the journey. But a lot of it comes down to, like you said, just educating folks around the importance of asking what that ask looks like making it personalized and individual to that person can be really powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've sat on boards and and been involved in so many different organizations. And I think it's really interesting to me how different organizations just, you know, tackle that, (laughs) that objective in in so many different ways by involving their staff or their board or different online campaigns. It's amazing to me, kind of the variety of what different organizations can do all in some degree, having various success, but having completely different approaches, but really tailoring it to what's their audience, you know, where are the source of their donors coming from? What are they doing to continue cultivating those donors? And some organizations, I feel like have learned a lot about donor retention and even growing those major givers. Um, I know one organization that I have served on the board, um, they're very thoughtful about their annual gala, for example, switching gears a little bit from the music, but they really look at that as an opportunity to identify future board members because that's often mm-hmm. get board members, right? And those board members typically uh, become a lot of times their major givers. And so uh, it's more than simply just having an event and hoping somebody buys the raffles. And then like you and I were discussing earlier, never really engaging with the donors again, which is what I've experienced as a guest of these galas and I never hear from that organization again. But this organization is much more thoughtful about um, having those that are sponsoring the tables, bringing people that they know would be very um, connected to the mission so that potentially they would be interested in serving in some capacity um, in an advisory way or otherwise, and then elevating them into other um, financial supporters of the organization as well. Michelle, I know we're kind of running out of time. I'm curious, any advice or um, updates or any sneak peeks of information that you're kind of seeing as Classy's pulling all this information going into 2024? Like I said, people are rounding out their year. I know Giving Tuesday is kind of the trigger point for the rest of the year in giving, whether it's advice between now and the end of the year on maybe what nonprofit leaders should be um, doing or considering, or maybe some advice going into 2024 on like overall giving trends as it relates to nonprofits. Yeah. And thank you so much. This has been really great, Tasha. I feel like we could probably talk for hours. I, I really wanted to get into the whole board thing, but I won't. Now we'll have to save that for another episode because um, I'm very passionate yeah. about board engagement. Um, yeah, I think, look, you know, it's a week and a half away. Um, so I think this might sound very odd, but it reminded me of this in one of your episodes talked about recognizing staff burnout and like how serious of an issue that is for our sector. Um, And so Giving Tuesday is such a great time. It's like this amazing kickoff to this generous season and all of this gratitude and this joy and and, and this, this wonderful stuff that's happening around us. So I think first and foremost, it's like, what can you do on that day to really make your staff feel that gratitude? What fun things can you do to like build the team, you know, thank them, do some celebratory stuff. We're certainly going to be doing that at Classy is like, take advantage of the special things that happen on that day is first and foremost. And you might not be thinking about that, but use that as a great day to bring your team together or recognize hard work or give them that pat on the back that everybody really wants and needs. Um, So show your gratitude internally, and then don't be afraid 
if you should, if folks give on Giving Tuesday, ask them again before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Our data shows us that they're likely to give to you again. I don't think a lot of organizations do that. They feel mm-hmm. like, oh, they gave on Giving Tuesday. You know, I, I'm not going to ask again. Ask again. Um, so don't be afraid to send that appeal to make that ask. And then, like I said, have a solid follow-up plan of what worked, what didn't. Have a solid plan for retention think, you know, put yourself in that donor's shoes around, they gave, they felt that moment of generosity. How do we now turn this gift into really amazing engagement with our organization that we know down the line, the money will come. It's most important that they understand the impact of their gift. Are you showing that? Are you telling that? Classy is actually going to launch a website next week leading up to Giving Tuesday where potential Venmo uh, donors can mm-hmm. search and find organizations that they can give their Venmo balances to, which oh, is going to cool. be really cool. Yeah. Um, so if you've got money sitting in Venmo, you know, you got $37 sitting in there from some leftover money someone sent you, we're going to um, give you the opportunity to give that to an organization. And then if you just like to see the momentum happening on Giving Tuesday, Classy will have a live thermometer of money being raised by all of our customers on that day. It's really exciting to watch that tick up and see some amazing things happening. Um, and I would just say there are so many free resources out there to think about post end of year giving, to start thinking about Giving Tuesday 2024 Classy did a huge, um, we did a six part series leading up. It's over now, but we did it leading up to end of year giving to really set up our customers. So Mm -hmm. I would just say, you know, go out there, look at your resources, get your teams excited. Thank your teams on Giving Tuesday. It's a great day to show your own internal gratitude and have a plan for those folks that show up for you at end of year giving. Have a plan to make make sure they know the impact of their gift. That's awesome. Michelle, thank you so much. And of course, if anyone is spinning in circles wondering, okay, I don't have a plan. I need to get a plan. Um, <laughs> sounds like <laughs> their platform can help me. Um, I guess the best way, what, to just go to the website? Uh, yeah, go to classy.org. We have so many resources. Like I said, we do an amazing blog. We have so many tips and tools, everything free. And connect with me. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. I love to meet other leaders and um, change makers in this space. So you can message me, reach out to me individually. I'd be happy to help you in any way that I can. Awesome. Well, Michelle, thank you again for coming on. I appreciate hearing all of the trends and fundraising, um, a conversation like this we haven't had about Giving Tuesday or the power of donor acquisition and these kind of large um, crowd fundraising uh, opportunities. So thanks again for it. And um, Last but not least, can I do a shameless plug for the Classy, uh, the next reports that are coming out? If you all are not following Classy, they have some really great reports that are coming out, giving you um, some more insight on the trends of fundraising. So um, if you're not subscribing to their newsletters or um, downloading their reports online, you definitely should. I know I personally read them. I find them really insightful and I share them with my team of CFOs here um, to help guide some of our clients in our budget making process and maybe some of our strategies there with financial management. So until next time, everybody. And if you haven't done so already, do me a favor, wherever you're listening to this, like, engage, subscribe, uh, wherever you're at, because the more engaged you are with our content here, it helps other nonprofit leaders find us. So until next time, thanks, everybody. That's all we have for you today. Once again, I'm Tasha Anderson with the Charity CFO, and this is A Modern Nonprofit Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to A Modern Nonprofit Podcast on all major streaming platforms so you will stay notified for when the latest episode drops. 
which will help you stay in the know about anything nonprofit related. Also, join our community on Facebook by searching for A Modern Nonprofit Podcast and follow us on all of our social media accounts. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.